Hi, loves. Welcome to the Mood Unpacked podcast, the show where we unpack any and all topics related to young professionals. I'm your host, Faith Laurinette. I'm a first year medical student and a gal who's just happy that it's the weekend. Today, we're unpacking productivity, any and all things productivity. So what does it mean to be productive? What does that look like realistically? And I'm sharing five strategies that I use to be more productive every day. Now, before we get into this, we got to talk. We have got to talk. One, I am by no means a perfect person. This was actually a pretty hard episode to record. Um, I had done research for it. Like I read um, a productivity, a book on productivity. I listened to podcasts about productivity. I even, I even, y'all, I even got a Skillshare and I watched like Skillshare classes on productivity. Like I have been in the weeds of productivity, but that's not the reason why this episode was so hard to record. It's hard to record because, and this relates to my mood boost to my current mood. It was hard to record because I am not a perfect person. I'd like, sometimes I feel like I'm a hot mess express. Like I am just a little too relatable, some, <laughs> a little too relatable sometimes with how frantic things have been, especially this past week. Like they've had us in class, like doing these particular kinds of seminars, not even seminars, like ses- like lecture sessions, but they last from like 1 p.m. to 5. And granted, sometimes we get out a little bit earlier than that, but it's still just, it was just so energy draining. And sometimes it feels like, all I can get done in a day is like one thing, like not one thing in a whole day, but like one thing at night when I get home and I had to come to terms. I'm like, how am I going to do a, a episode about productivity when I don't feel productive myself? And it's interesting because at the beginning of last week, I was feeling so good. Like I was on top of my morning routine. I was um, like, I will. I remember Monday particularly such a good productivity day for me. I woke up, I went to the gym, I made flashcards. I woke up around like 4.30 and I made flashcards. I um, I watched a movie while making flashcards. I watched The Menu. Definitely recommend that movie. It's, I'm hesitant to call it a mood booster, but it's definitely like, it's a horror satire. So if that's your jam, then you'll enjoy it. It's really good. The girl from The Queen's Gambit, I think her name's Anya Taylor something. Let me look it up just to be respectful. Let me see. Um, The menu. Cast. Hold on, y'all. Okay. I should look these things up beforehand. The menu cast. But I'm going off script right now. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. She was really good in this movie. Um, But yeah, I watched a movie. I worked out. I went to class. I had a good breakfast. I, like, it was such a good day. And then as the week went on, it kind of went downhill from that. Like, I was sleeping in more, which is something that, like, it's nice to sleep in. But I do like waking up early. So it was a weird balance. And then I still got tired around 830 at night. So it was one of those weeks where I was like, kind of in a funk and that's why it's it was so hard for me to record this episode which is also why this episode is late (laughs) like it was supposed to be out yesterday I am so sorry I again I I'm I'm very much human 
And I, my goal is consistency. We don't always hit the mark, but we show up. We show up eventually, that's for sure. So that is what I want to talk about. And just because, like, you're just be, if you're not productive all the time, that doesn't make you any less worthy or good or anything like that. Like, being productive is just about accomplishing what you want to accomplish or, like, making meaningful steps. And we'll get into what productivity means, like, more formally in this podcast episode. But I just wanted to say that, like, I am by no means perfect. And these are these are tools that I use. But think about it like a toolbox. Like, sometimes you reach for the hammer. Sometimes you need the nail gun. Sometimes you need... I don't know, what's another like tool thing? The tape measure, I guess. But you can't hold all of them in your hands at once, right? Like you can't physically use all of those tools at one time. So think about it like that. Like some days you're more productive than others. That's okay. Um, use the tools as you need them. That's what I do. And these are things that I do that help me be more productive, especially on days when I feel off or like, things just aren't getting done the way I need them to like and I'll get a bit more into it later but like these help me with that so let's get on with things the current mood the current mood is adjustments for all the reasons that I just mentioned like I feel like this is the time of the year like January is over happy black history month y'all happy black history month uh yes melanin month but yeah, so the mood is adjustment. And this is the time of the year where like people start to fall off their goals and the shiny newness of a new year kind of wears off a little bit. And you know, like it's been raining for so it's been raining like almost every day this week. We're finally like this is our third consecutive day without rain in a while or at least what it feels like a while so it's like I haven't even been able to I took a walk in the rain like with my umbrella but that wasn't as fun it was cold rain it wasn't warm rain it wasn't warm rain it was cold rain so it wasn't as fun so it just was like it's been very like I feel like I've been needing to adjust at first I was gonna say tested like as in my goals were being tested or like my consistency was being tested, but I really feel like the more forgiving word is adjustment, is adjustment. Like you don't have to hit the mark every day. Like I was only able to get to the gym two times this week. I like to go three times and I like to take two mile walks every day to like clear my head. I wasn't able to do that, but just because I miss a couple of days, I know I'm going to get back to my routine eventually it's, it's going to happen because these are things I like to do. Like, these are things that I, that, like, if it wasn't part of my routine or, like, the habits, then I would feel worse or, like, I'd feel worse because I knew, if I knew that, like, this was going out the window completely. But I know that my goals aren't going out of the window completely just because I missed something. It's, like, it's fine. And I have to remember that. I have, like, I, like, another one of my goal was to give myself more credit and give myself more grace. And this is me doing that. So, yeah, the current mood is adjustment. Because we are adjusting. We are adjusting to what this year is like, the challenges that it brings so far. Um, adjusting to a new schedule with this med school. 
um, like this new med school seminar that's coming up, but it's about to come to a close. So hopefully it'll get better. But then they're adding on another class. So we'll see. We're adjusting. We adjust and we move. So let's get into this week's mood booster. The mood booster. I am actually excited about this. And I posted about it on my Instagram, Mood Unpacked all one word on Instagram, go follow me. Um, it's still, a, it's a baby account. <laughs> it's a baby account, but uh, it's fun. I plan on having fun there. Anyway, so I went to this rage room and it was so freeing. And the reason why I went to the rage room was because um, in my last episode where I talked about astrology, I met with an astrologer and she said something that was so, like that really stuck with me. And it was the fact that I had been like restricted and like I'm the oldest I'm the oldest child in my family. I only have one sibling, but I'm the oldest. And if anyone is a, is an older child, like an older sibling, then they know that like you have to be you have to like be responsible for your younger sibling. Like I I am definitely my sister's keeper and you know, that and it teaches you you have to grow up kind of soon. And you have to learn responsibility from a really early age. And there's other reasons why I kind of felt like restricted in childhood. But and when I say restricted, I mean, like, I wasn't able to fully express my feelings. Like, I wasn't able to fully express anger in a healthy way. Or um, I was a really angsty kid, y'all. But I wasn't able to fully express that angst in a way that or like channel into something like productive or um, I wasn't able to like have super conflicting opinions. Um, very much like just being an agreeable kid. Like an agreeable kid is a well-behaved kid and people like the well-behaved quiet kids and you eventually like start to take that on as like, and I really like have found that even I restrict myself to this day. And I was like, you know what, I'm 25 let's do some work to heal that part of my inner child by going to a rage room, a place where I could just throw all of the norms out of the window and just break stuff. And I, I felt so good, y'all. Like, it was a little, like, nerve-wracking at first because I was like, oh my god, I'm actually, like, I can, I can do this, and she gave me the person, the lady who ran, it was Black-owned, too, which is awesome, Black women-owned, and the lady who ran it, she, like, I, I got their most expensive package because I wanted to break some big stuff, I wanted to break some big stuff, and on my story, I mean, on my um, Instagram, I posted me breaking this giant sheet of glass with a sledgehammer, and I'm 4'11". I'm a small person, okay? <laughs> I'm a small person. So, like, breaking that, w like, using a sledgehammer to, like, go, I broke, what was it? Like, that sheet of glass, I broke um those, like, foot baths, those at-home foot baths, a coffee maker, a George Foreman grill. But I think the most fun thing was breaking the bottles. Like, she gave me a bunch of glass bottles. And she gave me, um like, a bat, a sledgehammer, golf clubs, and well, I was just free to go to town. And I played Beyonce. I played Hold Up by Beyonce. And I used the bat, like, because in the music video, she has a gorgeous yellow dress and she uses a bat to break the car. So I was like swinging the back and I like broke the bottles with it playing Beyonce. I, um, 
I played some really like some screamo music. She said I could play whatever I wanted. Like she didn't care. Um, I played and it was just like she closed the door. It was just me in the room. We had she put me in protective gear. Uh, she gave me a face shield, everything like that. So I was very protected. She gave me gloves too. So it was very like well, like a a regulated space to let out your anger. And I was just like screaming and just breaking things. And I was twirling the golf club and just breaking stuff. I was really in my like Harley Quinn bag and I loved it. Oh, I loved it so much. It was, I was huffing and puffing and sweating by the end of it. And I felt so free. And I also did this right after a test too. So I had a lot of, I had a lot of energy that was pent up anyway, but I felt so free and so calm and so relaxed after it was just like all that negative energy that I had just been like pushing, stuffing it down. Just, I was able to just let it out and let it go, let it out and let it go. And it was such a great experience. I totally am going to do it again. Definitely recommend it to anyone. If there is a rage room in your area, go to it. Even if you don't think you have something to rage about, just play some loud, angsty music and just go to town. It's totally worth it. Um, another thing that was really fun, another mood booster, was that I went to a Pilates class with some gal friends. And that's something, the Pilates class was really fun. I think I'm going to become a Pilates girly in the future. Not right now, because like the coin. But in the future, I'm going to like do it because I really enjoyed it. But what I really enjoyed was having some girl time. And in January, I also went to a dinner with some girlfriends. And I just had such a good time. And I'm really sensing like a shift in my female friendships so far in med school. And I'm so here for it. Like, and when I say this is a good shift, like I'm, I'm seeing them become more robust and they're developing and that is just so exciting like I grew up watching Sailor Moon I love Sailor Moon and I definitely feel like it modeled some really good values for me especially the power of female friendships and the power of love but we're not talking about that this episode but the power of female friendships like and I mean, not just Sailor Moon too. I watched Sailor Moon. I watched Holy Spies. I watched Winx Club, Bratz, the animated series. Okay, like I loved all those, like girl power, female friendship, girl gang. <laughs> Maybe not girl gang. That might not be the word for it. But like you know, like a girl group kind of thing. I loved that stuff growing up as a kid, and I definitely feel like it shaped my values when it comes to female friendships because I have like some really close female friends um from childhood still like to this day I also have some close male friends from childhood but we're talking about the female friends right now and I just find it to be like they are just so supportive and even my female friends from college so supportive they have your back and there's just a power in that so seeing the fact that I'm also developing some like female friendships in medical school I know these are going to be like friends for life these are going to be some really like deep connections and you know like girls got each other's backs and I just love that like I I feel like I'm a gal's gal so it was just really nice to like have some girl time try something new I've never done a Pilates class we had the reformer and everything never jumped to Pilates class before and that was a lot of fun and then recently like yesterday I went to a flea market in my area didn't know we had a flea market but one of my other friends they um invited me 
and I wasn't going to go because I always have to study, but I decided to go because it was their birthday. And I was like, I can't say no to them on their birthday, you know, like I can't do that. So, <laughs> so it didn't take too long, but it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed myself. I bought, um, I ended up buying something that I don't need, which is fine, but it's like a light up rose from the movie beauty and the beast like it's based on the movie beauty and the beast and i think that's gonna be so cute somewhere in my apartment so yeah those are the mood boosters um let's get into productivity right after this If you'd like to further support the podcast, head to my website, faithlarnette.com. There you'll find my blog, episodes of this podcast, and products like digital smartphone wallpapers from my lifestyle brand, Fela. So check out faithlarnette.com as a way to support the Mood Unpacked podcast. The link is in the show notes. Thanks, y'all. Welcome back to the Mood Unpacked podcast. So let's get into unpacking productivity. Productivity. So why are we talking about this? <laughs> why are we talking about productivity? Well, you know, I actually, since I like conceptualized that I wanted to do this episode, I swear the algorithms got my number because I've just been seeing so much like information on my review page and my YouTube, like page like youtube recommendations about productivity one was even like oh pov you're lazy be more productive and i'm like oh that's an aggressive title um first of all if you're if you're not if you don't feel like you're being productive that doesn't have any 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 value like it doesn't have any indication of how you are as a person or your worth as a person like you could just be sitting breathing and just doing nothing and you're still like you're still valuable so let's just get that out of the way right now and again like I said earlier you don't have to be productive 24 7 and also productivity doesn't just mean getting things done related to your work if your goal is to be is to like just chill and do nothing and that's all you do then you're being productive like you have decided to take step to take steps towards your goal and even if that's doing nothing all day like hey sometimes you need to just a nothing day and that's totally fine um so yeah productivity i wanted to talk about this because med school is hard <laughs> med school is hard there's no secret there like but I didn't realize like how it would have to force me to change how I think on like a personal level not just academically and when I say that I mean like I first semester was super hard for me and I didn't expect to struggle as much as I did really um you know the grades are what they are 
They're fine. It is what it is. But I was like, I was just spending so much time and I dedicated, like I decided to just like cut back on extracurriculars and just do like a little bit, not overwhelm myself and just focus most of my time on school and studying. And you think that like hypothetically, I would have all the time in the world outside of lectures to get what I had to get done, done. And I was in this cycle of like, make the cards, review the cards, repeat, make the cards, review the cards, repeat. And it was very time consuming. Like I felt like I was busy all the time, but I wasn't seeing the, f I wasn't seeing like the effort. And I mean, that's a whole other topic when it comes to medical school, honestly. Like sometimes the tests don't really reflect what you know. It's It reflects how well you can take a test. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. But I was really feeling like I was a chicken with my head cut off. Like I was just felt like I was doing, I was busy, but I wasn't productive. Like I was, I was busy, but I wasn't using my time as wisely as I could have. And it wasn't until I was in... It wasn't until the Christmas break where I had a chance to catch my breath and really reflect on what I was doing. And I realized that I wasn't using my time wisely. Like I didn't, I needed to relearn how to be productive and like how to use my time well. So that is why I decided to do this episode. And yeah, I just wanted to share that with y'all. Like, I am not perfect and sometimes I feel like when it comes to the internet or like content creators which I wouldn't I mean I am creating content right now <laughs> I am creating content so, but you know this isn't like a full-time job for me or anything it we can get into that another time it, it's not a full-time job you know I'm not professional I'm not being paid for this and when I see like content creators on TikTok or YouTube or even other podcasters, I just feel like their life is just so glamorous and they have it all together. And I know that they don't because we're all human. No one has it all together all the time. But I just really wanted to, and I guess I'm being vulnerable here, so be nice to me, internet. But <laughs> be nice to me, internet. But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely not perfect. And that's, it's not even, like, okay is is an understatement for how okay that is. Like, it's not just okay, it's it's normal, it's fine. It is what it is, you know? Like, it, it just is. Like, it's, I have no judgment <laughs> about not being perfect. And I'm a recovering perfectionist, so that actually is a lot for me to admit. But yeah, so let's get into things. What does it mean to be productive? So I read The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey. He's like a productivity guru, um, his words, or at least I think he said them jokingly. I also listened to his podcast. It's called The Time and Attention Podcast. So good. So good. Um, he has a very, like his voice sounds really nice. It's very like, like a, like a cup of coffee on a nice day, which he does. Yeah, like a nice, it's very like friendly and welcoming. He seems like a nice person. Anyway. So after reading The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey, I define productivity as doing meaningful work that propels me towards an intention. Being busy is not the same as being productive. And when I say it propels me towards an intention, I'm going to get more into what I mean by intentions. But 
is like setting a goal, right? And if being productive is taking, is following the steps, not really following, executing the steps. It's not just planning, but it's in the execution. It's actually getting things done that help me accomplish my goal. That's how I define productivity. And here are five strategies that I use to make my limited schedule work for me. And I hope that these will help you do the same. So the first strategy is to set an intentions list before a to-do list. So one of the most important points that I took from the Productivity Project by Chris Bailey is that productivity is a tool to live more intentionally. And he talks about starting the day off by writing an intentions list. And you write down three intentions. He has this idea called the rule of three. And I definitely believe in the power of three. Like we have the three little, like we have a lot of things that comes in threes, like three little pigs, um, the good, the bad, the ugly. What else do we have? Like breakups come in threes, celebrity deaths come in threes. Like a lot of things come in threes. Um, So there's definitely, or, or like the three musketeers. There's just a lot of like trios that you see. And one thing that he says is that setting intentions list is by making three things that you want to get done by the end of the day. So what are three intentions that you have that you want to complete before the day is over? And this is the intentions list. I do this at the end of my journaling session. So after I'm, so I set a 10 minute timer and I journal for 10 minutes and around like the two minute mark, I say, here are my intentions. Or I say, by the end of the day, I want to get these three things done. And or I'm like, I'd be happy if I got these three things done by the end of the day. And I usually pick two tasks related to medical school and one task related to something personal so, or something creative. So a an example of this is um, like by the end of the day, I want to review my flashcards. I want to watch some review videos for like physiology or biostatistics because that's what's coming up next. And I want to record a podcast. Boom. Those are my three intentions for the day. And then I use those intentions to set my to-do list. So I let the intentions guide the to-do list. The to-do list, in this case, is a how. Like, it's the actual plan on how I'm going to accomplish my intentions for the day. So... If my intentions list is like reviewing flashcards for a physiology lecture and then watching a review video and writing or like writing an outline for the podcast, recording a podcast, then my to-do list, that's the intentions list. The to-do list would be um, like spending, the, well, those are actually the first three items on my to-do list, really. Or it's um, like, where am I going to get the review videos from? So those are the first three things on my to-do list. And then I add details about things that would get that would be nice to get done. So that's like doing the laundry for the day, folding the laundry, um, things that aren't necessarily part of my intentions list, but they're more maintenance tasks that need to get done. Like going to the grocery store. That's on my to do list for the day. Um, like doing laundry, going to the grocery store, doing dishes or even something related to school that's not necessarily in my intentions list. So it would be really nice to watch a review video for 
um, like watching a review video for physiology in addition to watching review videos as biostatistics. So those things, that's what makes up my to-do list. So I set my intentions list for the three things that I really want to get done by the end of the day. And then I use that to make my to-do list. Typically those three things go at the top of my to-do list. And then I have more maintenance tasks filling in the rest of it. And I like this strategy because my to-do lists are more structured and they have a purpose behind them. Another thing is that I can, since I write it down in my journal, like I write down my intentions list, I can look back at the intentions and see what I get done. And if I don't get the intentions done by the end of the day, I just put it on the list for the next day. Easy peasy, just like that. So yeah, my advice is to base your intentions list on goals or like on tasks that will relieve your workload and help you reach your goals. So think about it as like, what is one thing that I can get done today that will make my life easier tomorrow? So if I review, um, like we have a histology test coming up. If I review a lecture on the female reproductive system, the part two of the lecture, if I review that today, and like I really hammer that home today with the flashcards, then tomorrow is just a simple review. And is not, and I don't have to be as like intensive as like learning it for the first time. So that's one less thing I need to worry about tomorrow. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, yeah, so that's my advice is to set an intentions list with three intentions at the beginning of the day. You can also do this like at the beginning of the week at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of the month, like set three intentions um, that you want to get done by the end of that time frame. Like this is very flexible. I like to do it at the beginning of the day most of the time. Um, but you know, sometimes I have done at the beginning of the week, I want to make sure that these three things get done. So it's a good way to like structure what your goals are for a specific amount of time and then use that intentions list to make your to-do list. So my second point is to embrace timers. So there is this productivity, like this project management software called Asana, and they have this article on Parkinson's law. So Parkinson's law states that the work, that the work will fill the amount of time allotted to it. Meaning that if you have a project and you have three days to get this project done, the project will take three days. If you, or if you have a paper that's due in three days, it should take three days to write the paper. But if you procrastinate and you give yourself till the night before, you're finishing that paper in a night. For better or for worse, you're finishing the paper in a night. So the amount of time that a project takes is the amount, like, it's, a project will expand to fill the amount of time that's given to it. So that is Parkinson's law. Um, so I find that a task usually takes less time than I initially thought it would. And as an example, I had this application due and I was really stressed out about writing the personal statement for it. And I had a really hard time getting started with it. So what I did when it was finally time to get started um, was that I set a 10 minute timer and I told myself to do whatever I had to do to write a paragraph in 10 minutes. And by the time the 10 minutes was up, I was in a good workflow. 
And I was able to finish the paragraph and I was able to keep going. And I eventually finished the whole application in about two hours. So the hardest part of any project or of studying or of a work related task or anything that's not related to watching cartoons <laughs> is getting started. So I embrace using a timer. So if I need to do something and I'm feeling resistance towards starting it, I just had a 10 minute timer and I'm like, do whatever you gotta get, do whatever you gotta do in 10 minutes because doing something is better than doing nothing. And if those 10 minutes are up and I really am not feeling it and I feel like stopping, I give myself permission to stop. Like that was the deal. You work on it for 10 minutes or even five minutes if you know 10 minutes is too much and you do whatever you need to do to get that within that task and then you move on or you get into a workflow and you keep going until the task is over or until you reach a natural stopping point. So embrace timers. Like if you're having trouble starting something, just set a 10 minute timer, five minutes, um, and just see what happens and see if that helps. Since we're talking about time block, since, not time block, since we're talking about using timers, um, let's talk about some time blocking. So time blocking is deciding how you'll spend your time ahead of time. And this can be as specific or as broad as you like. I don't really like being told what to do. So <laughs> I don't really like being told what to do. So sometimes I find time blocking to be like helpful in the sense that it gives me a general idea of how my day is going to be structured and what I can say yes to, what I can say no to. So I don't like being told what to do. And sometimes I find that when the time that I allotted to something comes, I'm either in the middle of another task or I just don't, or I want to do something else. I, and I feel like that's fine. Like this is a tactic that works more on the weekends, really, when you have a lot of time to like do what you need to. So it's not as like intense. But to help me combat the fact that I don't like being told what to do, even by myself sometimes, um, I assign themes to my time blocking. So I normally block times of about like two hours. I find that I work best. Like I can focus, like sit down and focus on one task for about two hours and then I got to take a break. Um, so I assign themes. So the theme is like for one thing could be study histology. And then I make a more specific plan for what does studying histology look like? What does that look like? It looks like taking a practice test, doing flashcards, um, making mind maps, things like that. So I try to do any one of those things or as many of those things as I can get done in those two hours. And then I move on to like I take a break and then I move on to another subject for two hours. So that kind of helps me with like the fact that I don't like telling my, I don't like being told what to do when it comes to time blocking. So that's like one thing about it, but it is completely flexible. So let's say I say like, okay, from 10 to 12, I want to study histology and then the time comes and I'm really like, my energy is really feeling more like my energy is feeling more like doing histology or, oh, I rather, I have more energy. I feel more creative to record the podcast right now. Like, it's okay to follow your energy sometimes, but the thing about that is, like, you need to make sure that you have, I don't want to say discipline, but you have a plan to 
get what you need to get done done eventually so like if you need to change the name of a time block saying from i want to do histology instead of doing histology from 10 to 12 i'm going to do physiology from 10 to 12 and then at the time where i was going to do physiology originally i'll do histology then like make sure that you have that you can accommodate your time that you can adjust accordingly adapt is a good word for that so yeah so that is time blocking but another part about it is that well one thing to know about medical school is that it's unstructured and that's because we don't really have homework so like it's structured in terms of like classes and lectures but we don't have homework so when we get home it's really is a free-for-all like we could use our time in whatever way we want we can study however we want to um we are tested and we have a plethora of information to review to study for those tests but it's up to me as a student to structure my time in a way that allows me to be best prepared for an exam right so we talked about time blocking which is setting like learn setting aside time to do the things you need to do ahead of time like planning ahead of time but i also like to use the pomodoro technique and this is a technique where you set a 25 minute timer work like focus on what you got to do on a on one task for those 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and then you repeat the cycle for four cycles and after those four cycles you take a longer break i like to use this within those two hour time blocks because a it gives me an end in sight it's like okay i know a break is coming soon it also breaks up the time like the time i blocked off into more manageable chunks because saying oh i'm gonna sit down and study histology for two hours like it can be a little daunting but saying oh i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna focus on doing this one task like i'm gonna focus on doing flashcards for two hours i mean no i'm gonna focus on doing flashcards for 25 minutes that sounds a lot better than oh i'm gonna do flashcards for two hours you know what i mean um that like breaking up into 25 minutes really helps and once you're done with like once one cycle is done go back to the task you were doing before and um you know keep going until everything is finished so let's use the flashcard example again let's say my goal is to get through some flashcards for histology we'll keep with this example um and i have two hours to do flashcards and hopefully like get in a practice test and i decide to do 25 minutes and after 25 minutes i take a five minute break but I still have more flashcards to do. I After the break, I go back to doing those flashcards. Something else too though, is that this is completely customizable. Sometimes I like, if the five minute break comes, like the Pomodoro timer ends, the five minute break comes, but I'm still in a good workflow. Like I'm in the groove of studying. I'll just keep going until the next, like for another 25 minutes. And then I take a longer break. Like I take a 10 minute break at that point. Um, because you know some because i've heard criticism that like oh by the time i'm in a good workflow it the five minute break comes and i have to get back into it but like it's just a timer <laughs> like embrace timers but it's it's just a timer like you can keep going if you want to just make sure you take a break eventually and yeah this breaks down the two hours that i block to get a project done or to study into easily manageable chunks and there gives me an ending to look to look forward to 
So speaking of breaks, that leads me to my tip number three, which is to take intentional breaks. So what does an intentional break look like? So breaks are very important they help reset your energy and they prevent burnout and as a young professional it is essential to learn how to balance work and life or achieve a work-life harmony um this is a marathon like the work really doesn't stop and it's not a sprint so taking breaks helps us pace ourselves but again what is an intentional break this is doing something that is unrelated to your work and when I say unrelated, I mean, like, even the physical motions are different. So when I say physical motions, here's an example. Here's an example of a break, and then I'll talk about what I mean by the physical motions of your work. So how I like to do my breaks is that I like to take walks. I like to stretch, make a cup of tea. I knit for a couple of rows. Like I even I've even done like 15 minute at home workouts, like a walking workout for 15 minutes, or I've even had like a solo dance party or I've like I sing in my apartment, which I sing like songs in my apartment, you know, just like a little one person karaoke moment, just something that gets me away from the task that I was doing, but it's completely different. And when I say like the physical activity of the work is even different. Notice how in my examples, I didn't say that I scroll on my phone during, or I like, I'm not going from screen to screen. I'm not going from my one screen of like looking at my laptop or your tablet or anything like that. I'm not opening a new tab and like going online. And I, cause that's not a real break. You're, you're still sitting in the chair. You're still looking at the computer. You're still typing on the keyboard, you know? Or even with your phone, you're still scrolling, like you're still getting a similar kind of stimulus. And the break is supposed to break up, but I don't want to use break. The break is supposed to interrupt that work, like the, ex like the work experience to take you away from that so that you can refresh in some way. And then when you're, that way you're refreshed for when you get back to your actual workflow. So taking breaks is it's important but you have to take like the kind of break that actually is different from the work that you're doing so take so do whatever you need to do when it comes to taking a break like get creative the possibilities are endless like you can take a shower you can stretch take a walk do some jumping jacks listen to music maybe like if it's a longer break call your friends you know just do something that is different from what you were like from the actual work that you were doing before and how so the other question that comes up is like when should you take a break i like to take a break after about 25 minutes of focusing on a task or um after about 50 minutes of focusing on a task and then i take about a 10 minute break um my longer breaks are about 30 minutes to an hour if I've studied a subject for about two hours and, or I take breaks after I finish a task. So let's say I like finish making flashcards for that lecture. Instead of going straight to another lecture to make more flashcards, I'll like take a five minute break just to 
reset myself because I have to pace myself. So yeah, get creative when it comes to your breaks and you know, the possibilities are endless. So do something that you like to do, do something that's different from sitting at a screen and see how this helps you be more productive by pacing yourself. So my fourth, oh wait, I think I miscounted. Oh my gosh, I totally miscounted y'all. This is actually my last tip. The taking breaks is my fourth tip. Sorry, I can count. Anyway, so my last tip is to work with and not against your body. What does this mean? <laughs> what does this mean? So in the Productivity Project by Chris Bailey, um, he discusses this idea of a biological prime time, which is the time during the day when you naturally have the energy to do your best work. So are you a morning person like me? Are you a evening person? Are you, do you do your best work during the middle of the day? Like when do you have the most energy where you feel like the most fired up, the most creative, like the, the more, the most ready? Or when do you feel ready to get things done? And the most motivated, like when are you motivated? When are you reliably like, okay, I'm ready to tackle the day. So use that information to structure your day Bailey suggests using your biological prime time to work on your more intense, high-energy tasks. So here's another example related to school, because that's all I do. <laughs> so I like my morning. I like, I'm a morning person. I do like taking slow mornings. So after I take a slow morning, when I'm ready to get work done, I like to do more intense work first and for me reviewing flashcards is a lot harder than actually making the flashcards making the flashcards is considered to be more passive but when you're reviewing them especially the way i do them like i i'm doing another episode on like study tips in the future so i'm not going to get too into it but the way i make flashcards is like or the way i review flashcards is i have a question on the front and then I brain dump everything like I brain dump the answer to that question and then I flip it over to see if the answer is right so in that way I'm doing active recall so that is that can be pretty like intense mentally and I like to do that kind of work more in the morning when I feel like I have the most time I have the most energy I feel the most focused I also like doing practice tests in the morning which is actually a good strategy because you most of our tests are like usually when you have a test is going to be during the day or like if you have a presentation like if you have a presentation like let's take this out of school and into the workplace let's say you have to do like again a presentation for your job or something um you is better to practice under similar conditions and like you practice how you play, right? So it's better to practice under similar conditions. So let's say you have a, like a morning presentation, practice your points, your talking points in the morning and see how that feels like energy wise. Same thing when it comes to testing, like tests under similar conditions that like practice, do practice tests under similar conditions as the real test. So if you have like, when I was studying for the MCAT, I would take practice tests um, around the same time frame as my scheduled test. That way, you have idea, you have an idea of like what kind of energy you're gonna have. What is it like to test for that long at that time? What is it like to go into a testing, like to start a test when the sun is up, and leave when the sun is down? The MCAT is that long. Anyway, 
So yeah, I like to take practice tests in the morning because our practice tests normally start in the morning and that's when I have the most energy anyway to focus. So this does work better on days when I have a lighter class schedule or on a weekend, but it's a good framework, like using your biological prime time to structure what tasks you do when. It's a good framework to make your make your schedule by. So yeah, definitely like learn when, like do some reflecting and figure out when do you feel the most energized and the most, like you do your best work, what time of day is that? And then do your high energy tasks during that during that time um do your lower energy task when you have less energy so for me i make flashcards toward like more in the evening because it's more passive it doesn't take as much mental energy to do so yeah that's an example of how i use my biological prime time or even like i tend to get tired midday like i'm very much like a morning person and then i think because i get up so early i like to, i love taking naps i i try not to but it's fine if I do. Like, I'm not going to be mad at myself if I need a nap to refresh. But um, sometimes, like, even on the weekends, I like to go grocery shopping during the time that I normally take a nap because it's not a high-energy task, but it is, it's a maintenance task that needs to get done. So if I'm already tired, like, after lunch, I might as well just go to the grocery store, get some steps in, and get that errand done so that when the evening comes, I can like do more work, like making flashcards, which if I like, I like studying flashcards, but the most time it's, it takes so much time to make them. So I rather use the time of day when I have less energy to just make the flashcards and then review them the next day in the morning when I have more energy to actually like learn the information that's on them. So you know, and this is all kind of in a perfect world, all of these things align, but having these frameworks or having these like ideas in my toolkit, they really help me like structure my day and set me up for success when it comes to how much I'm going to get done. But I, again, I, again, I really want to stress and I cannot stress this enough that productivity is a tool to be more intentional with your time but you have got to remember it is essential that your value as a human being is not tied to how productive you are. And being productive means whatever you want it to mean. Like it's more, it's about more than just getting work done. If you intend to have the most relaxing day ever and you spend all your time like sleeping, eating takeout and watching TV, then you've made meaningful steps towards your goal. Like you are being productive. And that is like honestly like point blank period like just because if you feel like you're not as productive as you should be that doesn't mean you're a bad person it doesn't even like it doesn't mean anything like you could just be having an off day but even or you just might not be feeling it like sometimes we're just not feeling it and that's okay like as long as the work gets done eventually it'll be fine like everything is going to be fine at the end of the day so to summarize our talking points you can be more productive with an intentions list and then use that to guide your to-do lists. Embrace timers to help you start a project and to get into a focused workflow. Manage your time with time blocking and break it up into break up the time you set aside in time blocking into 25-minute intervals with a 5-minute break, which is the Pomodoro technique. 
And when you arrive at a natural stopping point, take intentional breaks by doing something completely unrelated to your walk, to your work, even if it's only for five minutes. Also, work with your body and not against it by doing more intense tasks when you have the most energy during the day. These strategies helped me implement productivity with intentionality, and it helped me take control of my time and make my schedule work for me. And it really does feel good to get things done. It really does. Something else that I like to do is keep, well, it's, I like to do it. It's kind of another step in my, it's kind of another step in my day, like another thing that needs to, not needs to get done, but it's kind of fun too. So I like to keep an accomplishment list and I just jot down any of the things that I get done. Like if I send an email, I'm like accomplished, you know, or if I, um, like even the little things like sending an email, getting groceries, taking out the trash, like I just write it all down as an accomplishment because you, we tend to not give ourselves credit for all the things that we do in a day and we actually do a lot in one day so i like to use an accomplishment list to help me just keep track and just like acknowledge like hey you think that you weren't as productive but like look at all these things you got done today like good job faith so that's what i have to say about productivity okay y'all well that's all i have for you today thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for more content subscribe to the podcast rates and review mood unpacked it actually really helps with like putting with the algorithm of um podcasting so please like rate the podcast leave a review i'd really appreciate it you can follow me on instagram at mood unpacked one word and let's keep the conversation going at my blog faithlaurenette.com Yes. And the links to the blog and other resources mentioned are in the show notes. So it's Black History Month. So I wanted to do a motivational quote of the day for Black History Month. Just don't give up what you're trying to do. When there is love and inspiration, I don't think you can go wrong by Ella Fitzgerald. She was an American, an African-American jazz singer in the 1950s and 60s. And according to her biography on EllaFitzgerald.com, she won 13 Grammy Awards and sold over 40 million albums during her career. So that is the motivational quote of the day. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to be gentle with yourself. Until next time. Um, but other times, like, I, how am I supposed to say this? When I, I, oh my goodness, oh my gosh. Okay, this is going in the bloopers. Anyway. <laughs>